Yo, 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 welcome to episode 100 of the Breeze podcast. This is a special episode. You know, it's your boy John McCollin here with Victor White. And, uh, you know, your word of mouth is our oxygen. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have none other than, I believe Forbes said, the best all round cricketer in the world. I'm jealous of the man himself. You know, he's on the. <laughs> 30 on the 30 list for 2020, Jason Holder. Hey, guys. How are you doing, Thanks bro? Thanks for having Yeah, not too bad, man. Um, it's good to be on the podcast. Um, I haven't really been briefed too much about what you guys do, but, you know, it comes from, comes from a really good place. So, you know, I trust you guys and I'm looking forward to, to speaking to you within the next couple couple of minutes again. Amazing. So, so, Jason, have you ever been on the podcast before? No, this is actually my first podcast, you know, so I mean, I come with Cheers. a very, very open mind. <laughs> yes! <laughs> first Yo. podcast, and I heard, heard it's the 100th podcast that you guys are doing, so I guess it's a special moment for both of us. Bro, it's a special moment, man. We appreciate you for, like, blessing the podcast on this, on this day, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Bless you for yeah, that. No worries, man. It's amazing. So we have, we have this tradition of doing a bunch of worlds first on this podcast. So I'm not sure if you know anything about this, Jason, but so I skied and competed for Barbados. John now lives, oh, well, John, you can. Yeah, yeah, so I'm a songwriter here in Canada right now, outside of songwriting, I'm also like a AI consulting at IBM, so I'm doing that. But yeah, B, like we just, we're just two kids over here trying to, trying to make it, you know what I mean? Like we're just trying to do some stuff. Exactly, exactly. So it's amazing to have you on here. And our grand thought here is for people to get to know the man behind the bat. Right. <laughs> Amazing. So, Jace, um, we have our technician, Celine. Would you be kind to let her know that she can roll the intro? You hit me with it. <laughs> roll through the intro. And, you know, again, I am very, very optimistic having a very, very open mind and, and looking to enjoy whatever. Breeze. 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 <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Bless so you. first things first, we usually start with a segment called Weekend Review. So we would like to know, me and John usually go through our week. Um, so we'd like to know about your week, what you've done this past week. Did you hear me or did it break up? Sorry, it broke up just now. Yeah, so we usually start uh, the segment with, uh, it's called Week in Review. So me and John go through our weeks, what we've done, etc. So we would like to know what you've done this past week. Oh, well, this past week has been, you know, pretty chilled. Um, I'm currently in Trinidad. Getting okay. ready to prepare, prepare, prepare for the Caribbean Premier League. Um, you know, unfortunately, due to COVID and all the restraints and restrictions, uh, we've had to go through a quarantine process. Um, so I've basically been held in-house uh, for the first seven days I've been here in Trinidad. We couldn't leave our rooms. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit like being a prisoner, man. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what that feels like, but I'm, I'm more <laughs> sure the restrictions are, are pretty similar. Um, yeah, but yeah. in the last couple of days, we've been able to get out and do some training. And uh, mm -hmm. training has actually gone pretty good. Um, 
we're still not 100% there in terms of the full um, dynamic of the squad. We don't have our uh, playing clothing or even our training clothing. Uh, so we've been made to to compromise there and try to, you know, find other mm-hmm. alternatives. But yeah. the guys have been very cooperative. Uh, again, the training has gone, you know, pretty good um, mm-hmm. with the restrictions that we've had. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, we are getting ready to, to get going in another two days. Right. So I have Yo, a, so question. I got a question. I got a question. <laughs> okay, I got a question. go first, John. So, like, I mean, you, cricket is a sport. Everybody criminal cricket. But, you know, like, it's not as glamorous as you see, like, basketball. You're, like, basketball will be on YouTube. You see, like, the daily life for what basketball is going through. So, like, my question for you is, like, what's a typical daily life for you as a cricketer? Pre, like, give me two. Give me two. So, give me, like, pre-COVID. I give me like right now. Like, what's a typical day in life? I think the best way for me to do it is the day in the life of a cricketer on tour, and the day mm-hmm. in the life of a cricketer, um, just 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 at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll start with at home. You know, at home, I pretty much I I I, I rise pretty early. You know, I wake mm-hmm. up pretty early, so I get up early. I well, normally six, to get six a.m., five a.m., uh, seven a.m. I would say around six a.m. Six a.m. is, is 6 early for me. I don't know. I don't know if six a.m. is early for you guys, but six a.m. is very. <laughs> no, 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 but I, th- I think it's <laughs> universally reasonable. early when you wake up yeah. at six a.m. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I normally rise around six, and I try to just get out and and do some cardio. Um, mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I try to. What get type the gym. of cardio do you usually do? Well, I, I like to do. I vary a bit uh, in terms of the different types of running, but just basically okay. is running. Um, okay. I, I've just bought a bicycle, so I'm now getting into okay. cycling. Okay. Uh, and that's going to be, I'm going to try to mix up the cardio that way. But more or less, it's really around uh, running. So I do some mm-hmm. tempo running. I may do a long run. Yeah. And I just try to vary it as the week goes on. After yeah. that, I would just hit the gym. And I don't like, I don't do too, too much in the gym. Mainly it's just a lot of rehab, um, mm-hmm. a little bit of strength training. Um, yeah. Mainly that's, that's how it really, really looks. Um, and I love golf. So I play mm-hmm. golf. Nice. Any opportunity yeah. to get to play golf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I, I normally like to get the training in as early as I possibly can. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I hit the golf course in the afternoon, play some golf, and let's chill out. Spend a lot of time with my, my golf buddies uh, mm-hmm. and my close boys who, are, who, who I would have grown up with. Uh, mm-hmm. We just tend to just really kick it. Mm-hmm. Um, I live alone now. I've um, mm-hmm. been living alone for probably the last three years or so. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much got my own spot, own space. So people just normally just mm-hmm. pop in, you know, drop by, mm-hmm. chill, lime, you know, we chat mm-hmm. and these kind of things. Um, on tour now, it's slightly different. You know, you have mm-hmm. a little bit more structure in terms of a team dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I pretty much wake up early as well. As well, We may have a structured gym session. Um, mm-hmm. de- well, depending on how the day is structured, to be honest, but mm-hmm. it's more or less gym, practice, recovery, mm-hmm. and then you just basically do it back over. Um, mm-hmm. po- Previous, but before COVID, um, mm-hmm. we would normally go out and have dinner. Um, I would say mm-hmm. we just normally go to a restaurant. Uh, mm-hmm. But now with COVID, we've been restricted to staying in, restricted mm-hmm. to just staying in the, um, the hotel. Mm-hmm. So that's just the only difference, really. Um, pretty much more or less the same. Okay. In- very interesting. Very interesting. And we- we'll get more into that later on. But what I want to know, Jason, is... How, because we have some listeners here and they have no idea what cricket is, how it's played, etc. Can you explain mm. cricket in a minute or two? In an easy way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of the easiest way to do it. But um, yeah. I think mo- most people in the world know about baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, it's, it's, it's not too far off, in my opinion, to baseball. Um, you have a pitcher, mm-hmm. uh, what we call it a bowler. 
-hmm. and they're bowled to a batter, or same mm -hmm. thing as baseball, they call it a batter as well. Mm -hmm. And the object of the game is who, who scores the most runs. Um, mm -hmm. So there are different formats of cricket. There's mm -hmm. a five-day format, uh, which is played, obviously, self-explanatory over five days. And then mm -hmm. there's a 50-over format, 50 mm -hmm. overs per side. And then it's a mm -hmm. T20 form, which is the shortest, the shortest format and, and arguably the most entertaining format, which is 20 overs per side. And mm -hmm. basically, it's who can outscore the other team. Um, yeah. The variables that come into play are just the different modes of dismissals. Mm -hmm. And you can, dismiss, you, can, you can be dismissed in a number of ways, you know. It's probably pointless mm -hmm. going through them now, but um, <laughs> that's just the gist of it, to be honest. Um, so, who can so, outscore? Yeah, so then my next question is, you did... Uh, 202 right yeah. and that that's huge from what i understand why is yeah. it huge well we got landmarks in in cricket um okay the bat your first landmark is 50 runs um mm -hmm. once you get to 50 runs is seen as a landmark the mm -hmm. second landmark would be a century and centuries mm -hmm. are kind of rare but you know for a batter who is just picked to bat you would expect a good batter, a great batter, to be, to be scoring a century every six to seven innings. I think if okay. you go at that kind of a, a ratio, mm. then you, 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 you're quote-unquote deemed as a, as a good batsman. Okay. Um, double centuries are rare because it takes a lot of time, energy, effort. Um, okay. It has been done on quite a few occasions, but, okay. you know, again, it's, a, it's an amazing feat because it's basically you're doubling a century. And century is seen as yeah. basically the, the basic landmark. Okay. Um, in cricket, uh, in cricket, like once you score a century, is recorded as a yeah. century. So I could score two hundred and two, but it's still recorded as a century. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. but um, so yeah, you're seen as a century, but a, a a master century, I guess. So would you say that's kind of uh, going to the bowling alley and scoring the whole thing strikes? That like that's the difficulty aspect of it. Like how many people have done it two o two? Do you get what I mean? Yeah, it, it is, again, it's, it's tedious and it's, it's mm -hmm. strenuous. You know, okay. it, is, it's, it is rare in a sense. It doesn't often happen. You would get a, a guy scoring yeah. a double century. Yeah. Maybe, you, well, okay, for instance, in West Indies, we, we haven't had, my, my double century was the first in a, probably about four or five years from a West Indian yeah. player. Yeah. You know, before that, it's probably the same time span. You know, so it, it doesn't happen like every year. But more or less, you get players scoring centuries every year, but you wouldn't get double centuries. The great Brandler, who's arguably the best player, who, who, who best batter, yeah. sorry, to, to the, play the game, he mm -hmm. scored he's, he scored 500 in a game, 400 mm -hmm. in a game, 300. He scored endless amounts of double centuries, and he's got a few, a fair few centuries as well too. So that just gives you an idea of what the pinnacle would be in terms of uh, an ultimate batter yeah. performance. Interesting. So, a question in terms of you know you, you mentioned the different formats you know the test cricket you one day. Like, what's your favorite format to play, if you have one? Well, I, I love test cricket. I love test cricket. And funny enough, I didn't love test cricket when I first first started to play. I felt test cricket was the hardest game I've ever played. It was just mm -hmm. over a five day period. You, you start at ten o'clock in the morning and you go mm -hmm. towards five um, five in the evening, yeah. and it is just grueling. You know, so I didn't like it particularly mm -hmm. because it was so tough on the body. But then mm -hmm. I had, I scored my first test century um, in my fourth test match. And for me, it just made all the tough, hard, long days just go unnoticed. Uh, mm -hmm. It was just such a, an amazing feeling 
and you just get that adrenaline rush to, to repeat it again because you, you've mm -hmm. done it before. You know that you're mm -hmm. capable of doing it. And mm -hmm. it's just more or less you, you wanting that feeling again. Um, and and I, guess to, I guess that's what really drove me in Test Cricket. And mm -hmm. after that, it's probably T20 Cricket because I, I like T20 Cricket as well too, which is what we're here to play now in, in Trinidad in CPL. So mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. But again, it's just a, a different dynamic. It's a lot faster. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more entertaining. And CPL, the Caribbean Premier League, and it's dubbed as the mm -hmm. biggest party in sport. So in the Caribbean, you know we love our party atmosphere. So sure. there's lots of mm -hmm. music, lots of um, drums, mm -hmm. you know, tons of people. Unfortunately, this year due to COVID, we mm -hmm. won't be having any fans. So I guess that mm -hmm. will be a massive, mm -hmm. massive change in the context of this format. But yeah, we're really looking forward to going. So, so does that impact you? Because I know for myself, when I've been skiing at big competitions and you have a huge crowd cheering down there, you know, waiting for you to come down, you know, it yeah. gives you all this energy, etc. compared to skiing without it. So in terms of cricket, you know, cricketing without the crowd, like, does that have an impact on you? Or is it just like a mental thing that you just like, I don't mind it, I do my thing? Uh, well, I have had the opportunity so far to play in front of no crowds because we had a tour to England last okay. month. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was challenging. You know, no doubt okay. it was challenging because you're just so accustomed to that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And now suddenly you're now without it. But I guess in the, in the heat of the moment, your adrenaline and your, your pride really takes over. So you then okay. just now, well, dialed in really and focused on, you know, being better than your opponent. So I, mm -hmm. I, I guess it's tough. It's, and this tournament particularly, I believe, is going to be really tough. But mm -hmm. more or less, you then have that competitive nature between you and your opponents. That really, for mm -hmm. me, drives you forward. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, Jason, we really want to get down to the roots here um, in terms of you and your life. So, naturally, I Googled you, right? Um, do, do, you know, do you know the top things that show up if you Google, if you put in Jason Holder? I'm actually scared to find out, but no, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You can guess three. If you guess three, I think you can guess three. All right. It probably says I am a average cricketer. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying says... I mean Jason Holder and then something or something, something. I'm actually clueless. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll break the ice then. So the first thing that comes up is Jason Holder height. Yeah. You're over okay. two meters tall, right? Yeah. Um, six foot seven inches to be exact. <laughs> exactly. And that's actually <laughs> yeah. the fifth thing. Jason Holder height in feet, which is uh, oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then the second thing is Jason Holder wife. Oh, dear. Do you have a wife? <laughs> I'm not married, you know, but again, Google, you know, spits up some things that <laughs> yeah. really should be spitting up. So, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, but, but you do have a girlfriend, to my understanding. Yeah, right? I do have a girlfriend. I do have a mm -hmm. girlfriend. I don't, I'm not sure if that's the same girlfriend that Google no no I'm, I'm not putting you in the spot but we're yeah. all in the girlfriend gang here so no worries bro. um That's and true. then uh the, the third thing is jason holder stats then we yeah. have jason holder age and you're how old 28 years old 28 years old all right yeah 28 do you feel 28 or or do you feel older Man, yeah. 
I don't know where that age came from, man. Just the other day, I felt as though I was starting. <laughs> I was 21 years old, starting my international career, man. But time was flown, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And, then, and then we have Jason Holder Network. And after ooh. that, ooh. And then we have Jason Holder Father. After that, yeah. we have Jason Holder 202. And lastly, the last thing that shows up is Jason Holder Parents. So naturally, Jason, where are you born? Where were you brought up? What was your upbringing like? Well, born and bred in Barbados, Bridgetown, Barbados. Um, mm -hmm. I, funny enough, none of my family members played cricket, had any affiliation with cricket. Okay. My, fa my family is really based around basketball. Um, okay. I've got uncles who would have represent Barbados. Um, in, in basketball my older brother okay he was actually on a basketball scholarship and also represent rep, rep, represented Barbados. i played basketball at school but okay. i always tell people that i was too good at basketball it wasn't a challenge so i stopped to give other people an opportunity yeah <laughs> you know whereas cricket for me was <laughs> whereas cricket for me was a lot more challenging but yeah. i just grew a love and passion for cricket just watching it on tv yeah. um i was very fortunate for my for my parents and Particularly my dad, you know, he showed okay. endless support, uh, bought me all of my cricket gear, okay. he bought me every single piece of equipment, he was there to watch me play, and okay. he's no doubt my biggest fan, um, yeah. and I've got a lot of, lot to be thankful for uh, when it comes to my, fa my so, father's support. In terms of your dad, yep. what did he work with? How many siblings do you have? And what's right. his outlook on, did he push you? towards cricket and was like you're gonna become the best or was he more on the supportive side saying son i got your back whatever you want to do i'll support you yeah it was definitely that he never forced okay. me in any direction he, he allowed okay. us to to make our own decisions and, and just dictate mm -hmm. our future um okay. he was very very uh pivotal in terms of giving me that guidance you know okay not not necessarily to push me in a direction but give me the guidance as something as simple as values you know, he's, okay. he's, he's one of those persons who would, would provide necessities, but anything okay. he didn't deem as a necessity, you know, we would have to work for. Um, I have okay. an older brother, you know, as I said to you before, and I've got okay. a younger brother. Um, okay. my, my, my dad and my mom, they, they got divorced when I was four years old. Okay. Um, so my, me and my older brother have the same mom, <clears throat> whereas okay. me and my younger brother, we have mm -hmm. um, different moms. So, but. You know, we're all very close, you know, um, yeah. again, I grew up with my dad, spent mm -hmm. lots of time with my, time with my dad, and mm -hmm. I would, when, when my parents split, it was merely, I had the week, weekdays with my dad and weekends okay. with my mom, you know, so we would just pack up our mm -hmm. stuff, head down with mom on weekends, have weekends mm -hmm. there, and then when school starts again, yeah. we back mm -hmm. up with, with my, my dad, uh, and it's, it's, so, it was just merely around the arrangement, like, because... Mm -hmm. My dad had a car, my mom didn't. Um, mm -hmm. So it's easier for him to transport us to and from school, to and from extracurricular mm -hmm. activities. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, it was just a, a very easy um, arrangement, to be honest. Yeah, oh, it, that's, that's mm. very interesting, Jason, because I had the same dad. So my dad's Bajan, my mother, she's finished, but she moved to Sweden when she was around four or five years old, right? Okay. And, and they, so, so they split up when I was, I think, two years old, but I don't remember it. So in my mind, yeah. they were really good friends and supportive and obviously support me in my career um, as yeah. a skier and that stuff. So it's interesting to hear. Do you think the fact that you have divorced parents 
that that has impacted you in, in, in some way or do you think it's, it hasn't made a difference at all? I don't think it has, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, again, I've, I've never had or never been exposed to any, like, seeing any abuse that other, other children mm -hmm. may have gone through. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents have been very civil. They've been very cooperative. Yeah. We, yeah. We've never seen, like, bad blood. So it was, it was yeah. always seen as, That's you good. know, something yeah. something mm. pretty calm and cool yes a yeah. divorce isn't normal but yeah uh, i guess the only thing i could take away from it is like i mean me as a young man growing up you know i want mm -hmm. uh a stable household you know i i, I don't yeah. really want to put my kids into the position where you know they they, they come up in a broken home i'm not saying that yeah. it had a negative impact on me but i think ideally yeah. if i could avoid it you know i would like yeah. to right. avoid it but yeah you know more or less I love my parents equally the same. You yeah. know, I love my stepmother equally the same because she's coming yeah. to my life and she's been she's been wonderful as well too. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, I've been blessed with a, with a really good um, dynamic of having you know great mm -hmm. great parents around and, and and giving me that support. Nice. So, Jace, you know, so in Barbados you have, I obviously there's more to it, but there's three classes, right? So you have quote unquote poor people who have it a bit tougher. You have the middle class, and then you have the really wealthy people, right? Yep. So in terms of your upbringing, where would you classify yourself and your family, you know, standards? Again, I think, I think it was very, very fortunate. I would put, I would okay. put us in the middle class for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I was known to, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, I've seen and played cricket with many guys who were very, very poor. And that mm -hmm. made me realize, well, look, uh, yes, ideally when I was growing up, you would want a lot more things, but yeah, in comparison to... Doesn't you, every kid. But things yeah. Right now in space. Yeah. Yeah, but then when you realize what other people go through, you really understand how fortunate you are. So I would I would yeah. honestly class myself in like a middle class. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're, we weren't lavish and rich, but more mm -hmm. or less, you know, my parents could provide necessities for me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So in terms of like, how do you see... I mean, now you're a big shot cricket player. I'm sure you're making tons of money. And uh, we have a business segment where we talk about the business of stuff. And so we'll get into that. But in terms of these people that have, because I got to see it firsthand, Jason, in skiing. Skiing is a, is a rich man's sport. So what that means is 95% of the people in the World Cup circuit have rich parents who pay for them. 4% work during the summer and then they have national teams with the budget to cover them. 1% actually make a living out of it. And then again, traveling the world is very expensive. I was fortunate enough to have sponsors, you know, to be able to do it. I didn't make any money because it's so damn expensive, you know. But then again, yeah. I also was in the, in the space that I was because I did not come from, I, I come from humble beginnings not super, super poor, but my mom is a working class parent, working my dad as well. So that taught me to a, a, a really valuable, you know, work ethic, essentially. So uh, are, are you with me? Are you with us? I'm back. I'm back. Okay. You know, I lost you for a short oh. while, but I'm back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Trinidad, you gotta you gotta sort out your internet. We have Jason Holder on the podcast, yeah. for God's sake. Man is very... <laughs> No, but so it's it, <laughs> but so in in terms of opportunities, Jason, like like how many like how would you say 
you know, like these, these poor kids that you grew up with playing cricket, sorry for categorizing them as, as poor, but, and then these people with opportunities, and I'm sure that in cricket it's the same way as in skiing where you have these parents who just, you know, try to get their kids in everything, all that stuff. How is the opportunities divided within cricket, would you say? All right, let me let me first put it this way. I don't think mm -hmm. cricket is as lucrative as, let's say, for instance, football, basketball. It's not in the same category. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think we make a really good living in context to our the economies which we live in. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, we, we, make, we make a good living. Um, but more or less, cricket in the Caribbean is seen as probably the leading sport. So mm -hmm. cricket has been fortunate in the context of sports where funding has always always been provided for cricket you know it's one yeah. of the few sports that is few or if only the only sport really in the caribbean that is professionalized or semi-professionalized semi yeah. right. you yeah. know getting to the point where you know getting a few more footballing leagues that are semi-professional but athletics mm -hmm. everything else is basically unless you get a scholarship and you go, right. go overseas and, and be able to pursue yeah. your career there is a struggle um, sport in general in the caribbean is a struggle cricket is the only sport where Again, we don't need to send our players away. Um, it is really well funded in context of other sports. And, you know, yes, we, we've, been, we've been really fortunate. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So in, in terms of opportunity, the opportunities are, are, are very much there for a lot of youngsters okay. coming through. Mm -hmm. um, and it start, started in, in school as well, too. There are many sports mm -hmm. uh, you could think of that aren't part of the curriculum right. in schools. Mm -hmm. And more or less, if you wanted to pursue them, you would have to do it on your own expense. Um, mm -hmm. um, that's privately. Um, mm -hmm. But more or less, you get cricket day and day at, at schools, but football, mm -hmm. basketball, these kind of sports. But mm -hmm. let's say, for instance, like rugby. Rugby is now slowly mm -hmm. but surely becoming a lot more prominent uh, in, mm -hmm. in Caribbean cultures. Mm -hmm. But more or less, it's not a part of the curriculum in, in secondary schools, at least not when it was there couple of years ago but i think mm -hmm. now maybe it's slowly getting implemented but i don't think it's something very very common okay mm -hmm. so i have a, a follow-up question in terms of like what, what would you say the barrier entry to become a cricketer you know what i mean so there was a journey that you take to become a professional cricketer like i know for basketball you go to get a college and get a skull and then it's yeah. really draft football is going to academy and i and follow that route so like is there like a set like trajectory in terms of becoming a professional cricketer in Barbados or just let's say Barbados? Well, really and truly, uh, it's the wrong opportunity. Right. Look, we've got system in, systems in place. Like I was one of the few, I'm one of the few cricketers who could both have come in straight through the system. And when I say through, mm -hmm. straight through the system, I played youth cricket for Barbados. So I played on the third. Yeah, train that internet boy. <laughs> yeah. that guys. Sorry, we were having a bit of a, you know, internet yeah. connections here. We'll have Jason back shortly. Uh, did you sell? Did you sell? Go a step up again, dude. Yeah, you definitely got. If he was in Barbados, it, it, it'd be fine. Okay. Yo, we lost back. you there for a little bit. Sorry, 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 guys. No worries, no worries. All right. Yeah. Where it was um, in terms of the system. But I was fortunate to come through the system. So I played on the 13, yeah. 15, 17, and 19 for Barbados. I yeah. represented the West Indies on the 19 team at the Youth World Cup in 2010 in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So that's a, just mm -hmm. a mini World Cup with all the other teams mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I then played West Indies A-team cricket, 
with so the A team is the team below the international team, and mm -hmm. then they represent the West Indies team. You know, and not mm -hmm. many guys can boast of coming right through the system. And I can mm -hmm. use another guy by the name of Fidel Edwards, for example. Mm -hmm. Now, Fidel Edwards never played youth cricket for Barbados, let alone West Indies, but he was seen in Barbados um, practice nets by Brian Lara, who's arguably again the greatest yeah. batsman to play. And Brian Lara basically fast-tracked him into the West Indies team, having not having much experience before. Uh, and it's mm -hmm. just really that opportunity that he saw, saw um, Fidel and, saw, and thought that Fidel would have been um, mm -hmm. a really good addition to the West Indies team. So, again, it, it's more or less a bit of opportunity, but then we still have really good systems in place that a guy can really progress through uh, and, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and make it. Yeah, but it's not just only the system. Like, so, Jason, what sets you apart? how come you made it how come you chose to you know obviously you have to have an insane work ethic to get to your you know point in any type of professional you know athlete uh, sport you, you know you have to work hard so what what do you do what did you do that separated you from everyone else on the team that wanted the exact same thing because not everyone can be the team captain right yeah yeah for me, I think what separates me is my mental strength. Uh, and, I, mm -hmm. and I didn't really understand the mental side of the game until pretty much later on in my, in my career. And I happened to go into an academy. I was into an academy for two years in, in Barbados, and it's a West Indies academy. And mm -hmm. that was the first time I was exposed to a sports psychologist. Okay. And funny enough, I never knew or understood what a sports psychologist did. And okay. basically, I didn't feel as, though I, feel as though I needed a sports psychologist. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. And the two years I had there didn't really utilize him. And it's just after that mm -hmm. two-year period where I felt as though I was ready to kick into the West Indies team. It didn't happen mm -hmm. any time that I wanted it to happen. Mm -hmm. And the sports psychologist was based in Barbados. So I said, well, look, mm -hmm. there's not much more I can do. The, I don't think seeing the sports psychologist would be any more detriment to my career. So I went and sat, yeah. down, and sat down with him and we had a really good chat. And I started to understand then what mm -hmm. he was really trying to, to, to get into our heads, you know. And it's mm -hmm. basically not a wrong cricket itself. It's basically a wrong my personal, my personal, um, my personal self. So mm -hmm. it's just really understanding how you get the best out of yourself, understanding when you're under stress, understanding when anxiety is kicking in. You know, mm -hmm. all these different things play a part in sport because you're mm -hmm. gonna be anxious, you're gonna be under pressure, you're mm -hmm. gonna be under stress. And it's the, mm -hmm. the, first, the hardest thing is to know that you're in this state to mm -hmm. actually know how to deal with it. You know, so mm -hmm. I would think that that was probably a defining moment in my career because mm -hmm. I didn't then sat back and I tried to understand myself one, but then understand the mental, how the brain works, how, how the mind works. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've been able to do a lot of things that have, that's, that's really helped me. And it, it's just really analyzing, you know, you've been able to pick up certain personality traits. You've been able to communicate with people in a, in a way which you wouldn't be able to communicate if you didn't understand how that person functions. And, and all these mm -hmm. things are that I really grew and, and learned a lot more about as time went on. So, Jace, there, there, there's, a, there's a lot of value in here because you said that you went to this academy for two years without seeing this guy. And then it was afterwards when things didn't go as planned that you decided to, okay, I'm going to see him. So that... Did you fear going to sports uh, psychologists or were you just so confident in yourself that you're like, I don't need it? Or what was the thought pattern behind that choice? I think it, it was a bit of ignorance, uh, ignorance to the fact that I didn't understand what it, what it was. 
and then okay. being a little bit egoistic as well to feeling as though I, I knew it all and didn't need it, you know? Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's a combination of those two things, but more or less, <laughs> again, you, you just don't understand how the mind works. You know, you just don't understand it. And that's why I say ignorance. And had I known um, how my mind functioned and I was actually under stress, it's like, it's like when, mm-hmm. when a person is going through mental health issues, you know, when you're going through mental health issues, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place as to trying to convince yourself that you actually. Connected Sorry, guys. Yo, yeah. no worries, bro. No worries, man. Uh, Are you with us? I am. Perfect. All right. So, yeah. So, you were saying. Yeah. So, it was around this, 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 it's just basically, I believe, ignorance um, mm-hmm. and, and people not really understanding what it means. And as I was, mm-hmm. I was trying to compare it to someone who has mental health issues mm-hmm. where they, they stuck between a rock and a hard place of admitting that they're going through it and admitting that they're going through stress to then have yeah. the confidence to come out and deal with it. And yeah. it's, it's, it's a bit similar when I, when I, when I put it down to, to cricket and understanding how the mind functions and how to get the best yeah. out of myself. So you, you, mm-hmm. you then in, 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 a, in a situation where you can train mm-hmm. the mind, you can train your mm-hmm. mind to deal with stress. You can train mm-hmm. your mind to deal with pressure. You can train your mind to deal with Absolutely. anxiety. And, and right. also it, deal that, with distractions, you know, because exactly. that's not, yeah. you know, it's as, you know, you have to make sacrifices. Yeah. So, Correct. so what are some of the sacrifices exactly. that you had, had and, to and make, part, this, this, uh, Sacrifices I've had to make. Um, I had to, had to give up a lot of, a lot of, lame in time a lot of chill time and mm-hmm. and not necessarily to do anything constructive but more or less to train my train my 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 mind and body that it can't function as freely as it wants you know right. so more or less if i'm in competition you know i'm going to be put in peculiar positions you know positions mm-hmm. that you're not accustomed to being in um situations you don't want to be in so more or less, if I take my body and my, my mind away from, um, from things that I want to do, but don't necessarily have to do, then I can relate mm-hmm. that into a game. Uh, and, and basically, it's like eating. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. like to use eating as a perfect example. You know, we all love, mm-hmm. we all love sweets. We all love things that, you know, taste, taste really good. But more, mm-hmm. more or less, more things that, that have that sweet taste and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got to basically that sweet tooth aren't good for you. You know, mm-hmm. so you then stop between a rock and a hard place. Do I continue eating it and mm-hmm. put my, my body on in, in bit of a bit of a hole when I really need it? Or mm-hmm. do I train my mind to, to stomp it out? And then when I'm obviously in a, in a game scenario, then it becomes a lot more, a lot easier, sorry, to, to refuse temptation. And then mm-hmm. I can relate that to batting. Like I could be batting and I, and I know I have a favorite shot that I like to play. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's... it's it may not be conducive to the ball that I'm facing or the conditions that I'm in, you know? So mm-hmm. it's more or less, yes, I know I love to play the shot. I know it's my favorite shot, mm-hmm. but today is not the day to play. So mm-hmm. it, it's all about training the mind and, and you understanding how, how best to get the best out of yourself, knowing the situations that you can implement certain things in and, and just mm-hmm. being that competitive. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah. it's really interesting for me to, to hear this, Jason, because like my sport was an extreme sport. I, I competed in the snow on slopes doing 
flips and tricks on these huge jumps, right? So yeah. I, I didn't have to think about the team, anyone else. Um, yes, there was strategy in terms of what you're going to do on the day of competitions in your run, you know, because it's a judging sport. So you get judged on what you do. Yeah. Uh, but, but the big thing in extreme sports is usually the danger fact, right? So every time I was skiing, I was literally risking my life. And there's, there usually are some depths in my sport, etc., because it is so dangerous. Yeah. What, what's the injuries and the dangers in cricket like? Because those balls are hard, right? And they yeah. travel so fast. We, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we play with some hard balls. Um, as recent as, I think, four years ago, we had a death in cricket. So... Okay. There's this guy, Australian cricketer called Philip Hughes, represented mm -hmm. Australia, um, played youth cricket. So he was seen as probably one of their better young players coming through. And I made mm -hmm. my debut. He played in the game as well in, in Perth, mm -hmm. Australia. Um, and unfortunately, he was playing a state game and he was struck literally in the back of his head. Mm -hmm. So our helmets protect our, basically our skull here. And then we have a mm -hmm. grill to, um, to protect the mouth and the, and the face area. Mm -hmm. But back then, we had our helmets could adjust as well. Now, mm -hmm. since that has happened, like this, there's a, is a mandatory rule now. You can't have helmets that you can adjust. So you have to have mm -hmm. a fixed set helmet, and it's basically mm -hmm. to, to enhance your, your safety. Uh, yeah. But he was unfortunate. He he was batting. He turned his head, and he got struck right at the back of his Whoa. head, right here. Mm -hmm. And basically, they said. Uh, he died on impact. So he went into a wow. coma, uh, basically had um, bleeding, uh, like he had a lot of brain hemorrhages and that kind of thing. So it was just nasty. So he was in the hospital for, I reckon, uh, three, four days before passing away. And that what has happened had... to the batter? No, he was the batter. He was the, the bowler. Batter. Oh, the bowler. oh, it was the ball. Oh, so what happened to yeah. the bowler? So he was... So the bowler was literally traumatized, man. Um, yeah. So he had to wow. go through a lot of psychology and wow. and psychiatrists and that kind of thing because it really shattered mm -hmm. him. It shattered the entire yeah. game, man. It changed the yeah. game tremendously. Wow. So now yeah. our helmets now have something we call a stem guard. So it has mm -hmm. extra protection now that protects down to the back of your neck, really. Mm -hmm. So it just it further enhances it. But you could be you mm -hmm. could be struck. There have been many players who've had concussions. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's not it's not. As dangerous as skiing, I would say. Uh, <laughs> we, that, that death was like a rare, rare, rare. Yeah, that was like yeah, just a freak yeah. incident. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I do watch skiing every now and then. Uh, <laughs> no, I, used to watch it, I used to watch it at games a lot, man. Nice, but, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Yo, I, did I, you I, hear that? Jason Holder watches <laughs> the X Games. I can... Yeah. Thank you. We can retire. Episode 100. I, the, the yeah, we're out here. Know, I do know Sean White and these kind of people. Oh, so. yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. yeah so yeah. I was actually... Before the Olympics in 2018, I was trying to make it. Unfortunately, I fell short because I tore my ACL and I missed half of the Olympic qualifiers. But oh. 2017, during the summer, so at the end of the season in New Zealand, you know, all these pros, we go together and we rent the entire resort, pretty much. So Sean was there, all, all the top people was there, you know, to practice, you know, pre-Olympic is hectic. Um, and then Sean, he's friends with Dan Bilzerian, you know, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the guy who's now allegedly gone bankrupt, the tons of women's, he's... Uh, He's a bit controversial, to say the least. 
gambler. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so he he flies in with the chopper, walks off the chopper with these two girls, women, um, in high heels on top of a mountain in snow, <laughs> um, which <laughs> which was yeah. a bit different. Unfortunately, that morning Sean had an accident, so he hit the wall of the pipe and he was bloody and had to fly to the hospital. Wow. Um, and oh. weirdly enough, I actually crashed that day too. So I was a bit concussed, but I had to go up to, you know, Dan and talk to him and, you know, film a bit with him yeah. and stuff like that. But oh, nice Jason, one. growing up, everyone has always told me, oh, Victor White, oh, Sean White, is he your cousin? Is he your brother? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I finally That's met him in question. New Zealand... <laughs> It is. <laughs> so when I finally met him in New Zealand, I put him on the spot and I was like, the question is finally answered. Sean White, brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did he yeah. say, man? <laughs> he was like, yeah, the Whites. I, I got it on film. The whole <laughs> and stuff. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, it's cool. And we're going to dive into the business part of things just now. But before we do that, um, I would like to know, were there a- a- ever anything else than cricket when you grew up or was cricket always the, the pathway for you? No, pretty much it was the pathway. Again, I was, I was pretty good at basketball. Um, actually very good at school. I've got a few basketball trophies when I was going to school as well. But I never had the love that I had for cricket. Um, in basketball, you know, I think more or less my passion for cricket was far superior to my my drive my driving basketball. But it's something I love. Mm-hmm. I love basketball. A massive NBA fan. I watched mm-hmm. lots of basketball. Your favorite team? Um, so, well, unfortunately, I have a favorite team. I've got favorite players: LeBron James for sure. Ah, respect, 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 respect. Straight through. So yeah, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that LeBron can get another championship this year. So we'll see uh-huh. how it goes. Hey, lucky so. Hey, lucky so. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yo. So, Celine. John, Celine. Yo, let's, yo, let's get the chopped up, fam. Let's get it. Okay, so Jace, chopped up is our business segment. All right. Here is where we dig all down right. into the numbers, the freaking whatever is going on. You know, we talk, we talk about stuff, right? We get real. So yeah, so let's talk. Yo, let's talk about the business of cricket, man. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we know IPL is really, really made all the money, but I feel like I am not as educated about the business of cricket. Victor is not educated, so can you like, educate us on like where where you see income? How you get the income? Like, how I know IPL is a thing. But do you want to play IPL? Like, t- compare to test cricket, compare to playing for the Western like. Where do you see yourself generating income as a cricketer? What do you ask me? Well, again, um, I have played IPL cricket before. I've played IPL mm-hmm. cricket three times for three different teams. Uh, started against, well, started with Chennai Super Kings. Then I went to Sunrisers Hyderabad. And mm-hmm. my last franchise was Kolkata Knight Riders. Um, okay. So, yeah, I've had a bit of that. Quick, fast, fast yeah. cash, I guess. Um, yeah. Securing the yeah, bag. We, we, we made pretty good living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've made a lot of money to play international cricket. I've made the bulk of my money playing international cricket. Uh, I've also played county cricket in England. 
which I've which I've enjoyed as well. But it's not as lucrative as an IPL contract, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. I played in New Zealand for well, I played a final in New Zealand for a club called Otago Vaults. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've had those those few opportunities, man. And again, lots of my money has has come through international cricket. So I've got Westerns cricket to be thankful for. Uh, mm-hmm. And that has given me the opportunity to obviously play IPL cricket, to play yeah. all these other leagues around the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we make a decent living, I guess, in, con- in mm-hmm. the context of everyday living. Um, still would Still would love it to be a lot more, but we're okay. probably one of the quote-unquote poorest nations when it comes mm-hmm. to payments and, and, and money. Mm-hmm. You get Indians. The Indian market is very, very big. Indians probably yeah. make... Mm-hmm four times the amount that we make in a year. Um, so, Jace. You know, lots of I, their, yep. <laughs> I, I have a list here. It's The name of the list is Highest Paid Cricketers in the World 2020. Do you know who's yep. number one? Can you get, have a guess? Uh, Virat Kohli. Exactly. So, he secured overall earnings, 28 million. Sponsorship, Audi Puma, Flipkart Google. Okay, so we have Virat, Donny MS, 14 million, Sharma yep. Rohit, yep. 10 million, Ben Rohit, Stokes, yep. 8 million. Now, this is a two segment question here. Did you know <laughs> that you were in Forbes 30 under 30? No, I didn't. You didn't? Whoa, whoa, okay, 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 you heard it here, guys. Forbes, <laughs> Forbes, please, you know. Yeah, Forbes. <laughs> Okay, so Forbes says that you're the best all-around cricketer. Now, these are 22 players. The number 22 had a contract of a million point zero five. Now, why is being the best cricketer not the same as earning the most money, like in basketball, LeBron, James, you know, etc.? All right, I'll go back to my earlier question. Now, the Indian market mm-hmm. is the most lucrative market in terms of cricket. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they have tons, well, billions of people, as you know. Um, yeah. They control the TV, the TV market in cricket. Yeah. Uh, which is why all of the Indian players are pretty much well talked to. You play on IPL. And, and mm-hmm. well, let me say this. All of the, all right, you, for instance, you said Virat makes 28 million. Mm-hmm. I reckon about he probably makes four million of that in cricket alone. All the yeah. rest of that is through endorsement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But again, because of the Indian market, they're... they're That's actually exact. It, it says base salary four million. And yeah, exactly. earning so, 24 million. And I, was just, I, was just, I was just guessing. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just the market. Unfortunately, our, us in the Caribbean market, we aren't that. Um, yeah, oh, I don't even know how to put it, but it's not the opportunities yeah. are not that far. No, that no, far but I mean, thing. if you look at the pure economics of it, what India is a billion people. There's yeah, a lot correct. of uh, lots yeah. of power there. What the yeah, cricket yeah. World Cup, a billion viewers. Um, yeah. let's see here. Also, 70%. India, like, India also owns majority of ICC, right? It does correct. Yeah, they they pretty much run but, ICC and ICC is the governing body for cricket. And I guess yeah, like India, when you look at when you look at corporate, like corporate probably doesn't see the value of like Caribbean being such a small market compared to India is like, yo, billion people over here is like compared to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, Yeah, it's unfortunate just where I come from, you know, had Mm -hmm. had I been 
the number one all-rounder and living in mm. India, I'd probably yeah. be must probably twenty times as rich as I. Uh, sorry, mm. as, I'll make twenty. You're rich and we yeah. love it, Jason. It's amazing. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I okay, wish. so. So, um, yeah, John said it. India, I don't know if you've seen Hassan Minaj on Netflix. He talks about cricket in one of his episodes and how they're essentially like a mob, the uh, Indian Cricket Association, blah, blah, because India commands 70% of the global cricket revenue, um, yeah. which, is, which is crazy. Um, so, is. Jace, uh, do you know Lalit Moody? Never met Lalit Moody, to be honest. Uh, he, he was part of IPL at the very, very early stages. And then he ran and left India and is now migrated to England. So I've never, I've never met him personally. Interesting. So do you know that he chucked in in 2008, 25 million? Two years later, the league is worth $4.1 billion. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, for instance, this year... Obviously, through COVID, IPL has now been pushed back. So the IPL is played immediately after CPL. But they were saying if the IPL doesn't play, they stand to lose about $500 million. But no, just, just missing wow. this year alone. So wow. there's a lot of money in there. Yeah. And it goes to say this guy, Lalit, guys, if you don't know it, he's a controversial man. He got banned yeah. because of a, he got charged on eight points for misconduct and kicked out of the IPL. Obviously, he's yeah. denying all of it. There's a really good Patriot Act um, about uh, cricket yeah. and like the backstory of the organizations, etc. Um, that you can check out. Anyhow, Jace, um, something that we like to talk about here on the Breeze podcast is portfolios. I own a Canadian company. I know you're an active athlete, so we're not going to dive deep into exactly <laughs> what that company does. But I also just went into renewable energy in stocks, and they've gone up twenty percent. And uh, my first you company, said in stocks, yeah. yeah, in stocks. Okay. Since I bought them in one week, which is I don't even know how that's possible. Um, but the the funny thing is that my Canadian company went down roughly seventy percent. It's just gone down since I bought it. Now, hmm. Jason, <laughs> you you're making you're making dollars. You could afford, you know, throw 10,000 here, 10,000 there. Do you have a portfolio? And if so, what do you own? Would, you don't have to share if, if you don't want yeah. to, but it would be interesting to hear about it. <laughs> Honestly, I have, all of my investing is done. Um, done a bit of offshore investing. So I invested into mm -hmm. uh, a company called uh, Mayfair Global. Um, so mm -hmm. they basically just handle my portfolio in terms of like basic, mm -hmm. basic, basic things like stocks, bonds. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they handle that segment. Um, um, I've, I've got real estate. Um, mm -hmm. Majority of money that I've made, fortunately too for me, I've done into gone into real, real estate. Um, it's funny mm -hmm. you mentioned renewable energy because obviously in the Caribbean, you know, we've got... Yeah direct sunlight um, year, mm -hmm. year round. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm now in the process of going, I actually have solar panels on my, my house at, at present, mm -hmm. but more or less I'm looking to, to go into doing a solar farm, hopefully um, in the mm -hmm. coming months. So nice. uh, that, that's just a, a couple things that I've invested in. Uh, again, I've been mm -hmm. fortunate where yes. I've got a, a, a beach con mm -hmm. as well to the, well, 
uh, that's just a few things that, that have gone into man. Um, nice. I don't want to get too. I don't want to get much deeper into it. <laughs> no, no, no. That's yeah, amazing. That's guys, guys, don't tell this to Jason. But if you Google, his net worth is between two hundred thousand and five million dollars. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would okay. just like half of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Jace, you're 28 years old, right? Um, important question. When did you make your first money in cricket? How old were you? I played for Barbados senior team at 17 years old. That was officially my first paycheck. Okay. Um, but that, that, when, I, when I say first pitch, first pitch in the context of uh, a professional league, okay. uh, yeah. I would have obviously gotten a little stipend here and there before that. But at 17 years old was my first official paycheck. And I made $254 for a first class game. That's wicked. That's yeah. wicked, bro. Yeah. yeah. But since then, like, things have, have definitely improved significantly, thankfully. Okay, and you're 28 years old. How long is a cricket career? Roughly, it depends on when you start, man. You could most mm -hmm. players go up to let's say mid 30s. Uh, it okay. depends. A uh, batsman's lifespan in cricket is a lot. It's a bit longer than a bowler, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and definitely our rounder. Our rounders normally get, if you're really good, normally get to around 35, 36 max. You know, mm -hmm. but again, for me, I don't really want to retire on anybody else's terms. You know, right. I really yeah. want to retire on my terms, you know, yeah. when I feel fit and when I feel feel the need to. Um, but I, I would love to go down to at least 35, 36 at least and, mm -hmm. and see how, how I feel. And, you know, I never know. I may have my family start at a time and just decide mm -hmm. that today's the day. That I, that I would yeah, call it well, Jace, um, so I, I had to retire from skiing because of concussions. So I am not scared of injuries. I've broken my thumb, my collarbone, my leg, torn my ACL, broken my rib, like, you know, hurt my feet, subluxated my shoulder. But the head is your operating system, you know? Yeah. So it came to a point where it was pretty much like, you know, I, if, I, if I hit it again, it would be coma or death, you know? So I yeah. figured, you know, I was aiming towards Beijing, representing Barbados in the, in the Winter yeah. Olympics. Uh, but but then I realized that it's, it's not going to be possible. So what I got instead was I actually took Barbados' first winning sports medal. Uh, I came second in Poland in the Europa Cup and then 31st in the World Champs 2019. So with my retirement, I was kind of lucky in a way being able to retire on top, reasonably unscathed. But I'm still wondering, you know, how far could I have gone if I continued? Yeah. You get what I mean? So retirement yeah. is a tricky question, but in terms of education, do you have a bachelor? Or did you go straight from like high school to, to cricket? No. Um, well, I left high school. Um, I went to college, but I mm -hmm. spent one year there before I just went into university. So I, I did mm -hmm. one year university and then mm -hmm. I'm studying management. And then I mm -hmm. made the West Indies senior team again. So mm -hmm. I then, I was stuck between a rock and a hard. I couldn't manage school mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah, play international yeah. cricket. Yeah. It was just way too much for me. So um, yeah. at that time, I was 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 about to just give my, my give my career a fair chance. So yeah, mm -hmm. I decided to stop school, and I've, yeah. and I've just really been playing cricket since. If you mm -hmm. ask me if I'm going to go back and finish, I, I don't know. <laughs> More <laughs> or less, I I've got ambitions 
to to definitely get back in cricket. So I mean, at mm-hmm. some stage, I'll probably challenge myself to to maybe become an administrator. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe get back in, get into coaching. Uh, okay. But again, mm-hmm. I I feel as though when I finished playing cricket, I would have spent years on the road. Yeah, I'm more yeah. or less. When I finish play cricket, I'll probably have my family and stuff, which I yeah. really want to commit to. So I, I, I can't right. really yeah. see myself being yeah. fully committed to cricket after playing cricket, you know, unless you know, I don't really yeah. have to. Gotcha. A lot of, yeah, a lot of people ask me that, oh, you can go into coaching all these days. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you want to reach the top and, you know, be amongst the best, the amount that you have to sacrifice, you know, I pretty much sacrifice my youth, you know, instead of, you know, being out liming with the boys or whatever, you know, you're focused yeah. on your training and all that stuff. So, but okay, interesting, really interesting. So, Jace, how do you, how do you like, you know, just, you know, I've, I've played this match in England. Um, I'm, I'm back in Barbados. Um, I'm with my girlfriend. Like, how do you, how do you chill? How do you get your mind off of cricket? What do you do? Oh, man. Any opportunity I get to hit up with friends, mm-hmm. I take it, man. I, I like, to, I do a lot of chilling, a lot of liming. So I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. a massive partier, yeah. but I do, mm-hmm. I do try to get in a, a, a party because I feel as though it's necessary, man. Yeah. Uh, especially being confined mm-hmm. to a hotel for, for more often than not, three, four mm-hmm. months in, in a stretch. Yeah. So I try to get out as much as I possibly can, enjoy uh a normal life to be honest because right. more often than not i don't get the chance to do it mm-hmm. um so at home play lots of golf because golf is my happy place it takes me mm-hmm. my mind off right. things it it's good for the mental game too exactly True. something that really yeah. challenges me and it keeps me sane and then to, to mm-hmm. my one of my favorite parts about golf is just after finishing playing you, you know you come we call mm-hmm. it the 19th hole Mm-hmm. You know, where yeah, yeah. in 194, you just get a few beers, um, mm-hmm. you may order some food, and it's just good mm-hmm. chat, you know, a yeah. lot of fun times. And memories are made, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, unfortunately mm-hmm. for me, my current girlfriend, she's not Barbadian. Um, mm-hmm. So now that's another sacrifice that I need to make now. So, for instance, now when I finish traveling. here. Yeah, so when I finish here now, she, I, I, <clears throat> I'm going to just head home <clears throat> to see her. Um, so I, I basically will go back to Barbados, put my stuff down one day and next day I'm going to travel up to Syria. So and try mm-hmm. to spend some time with her there. So, I mean, again, and but that's, that's the thrill that I love. She's Bermudian. She's Bermudian. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not too far off, um, mm-hmm. a flight. Unfortunately, no, with COVID, the, the flights are really restricted. Yeah. So I've got to probably yeah. overnight somewhere, but I'll get there. Okay. <laughs> I have a personal question, Jason. Hit me. Have have you ever been on a private jet? I have. Nice. <laughs> How many times? I have been on a private jet on one occasion actually, but I have okay. had tons of chartered flights. Okay. Like, so sometimes we travel cricket, like just when we came back for England, we had a charter okay. flight from Barbados. Just and so you, you met know, the Queen? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've met the Queen. I've met the Queen. I met the Queen last year in the in the World Cup. Um, and funny enough, when I had that experience, uh, I was transported via helicopter back to my hotel. Well, back, yeah. back to, uh, so it was a pretty, it was a pretty surreal day. Uh, Yo, uh, what first... are you talking about? Yeah. You're bowling as a cricketer, just chilling with the queen, <laughs> like. I wish, man. Uh, yeah. So that was a, a pretty long day because we were. Ba- it was in England. Uh, we were based yeah. in Bristol, 
So I had to drive mm. from Bristol to London to meet the Queen at Buckingham Palace. Then we had like a small opening ceremony, um, literally like 10, 10, five minutes away from the Buckingham Palace. And yeah. then afterwards, well, our first game was in Nottingham. So instead of having guys transport us up to Nottingham via car, they got a helicopter. So we flew up to an uh, 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 airstrip in, in Nottingham, dropped us mm -hmm. off, and we had like a 10-minute drive from that, that airstrip to, mm -hmm. the, to the hotel. So that was convenient. Mm -hmm. Um, the private plane experience was four years prior to that in the mm -hmm. 2015 World Cup held in Australia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we had our last warm-up game in Sydney mm -hmm. and the opening ceremony was held in Melbourne. So mm -hmm. the opening ceremony was, I don't know why they planned it that way, but it was on the same day <laughs> as the last warm-up game. So literally I left the last warm-up game. Yeah. I went from that Sydney cricket ground to uh, an airstrip in Sydney. Mm -hmm. We were transported on a private plane to Melbourne, mm. on which we landed in an airstrip in Melbourne. And mm. then there was a helicopter on the airstrip waiting for us. We literally came out of the Jeez. private plane, <laughs> straight into the helicopter, and the helicopter took. Yo. This is not the time to lie. <laughs> this is not it. <laughs> this is not it. <laughs> Victory is delivering my cars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's all good. Yeah. So I was saying that, that was my first experience in a helicopter mm -hmm. in Melbourne. So I was a, it was mm -hmm. a, an anxious, nervy moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was an amazing time, man. But the second ride mm -hmm. in Nottingham from London to Nottingham mm -hmm. wasn't as nice because it's very, very overcast. I'm not mm -hmm. a great flyer either, so. I was mm -hmm. quite nervous as well too. But again, you look back on those moments, you just tell yourself, it, 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 some things okay. you have to pitch yourself. But yeah, moments yeah. I always remember. Yo, just so you know, right, Victor is obsessed with private jet ski. You might as well just wake up and like, look at a private jet, sleep, dream of private jets. Yeah. Just like... so, so Jace, to me well, it's a symbol of freedom, you know? Oh, sorry, yeah? say that again? Yeah, no, so to me, it's a symbol of freedom because my deal is, you know, I wanted to become a professional skier when I was a kid. And then I fulfilled yeah. that dream and then I had to retire and, and you'll be there one day when it's like retirement comes and you're like, yeah. what's next, right? So yeah. then, but obviously, you know, I realized I, I, I didn't make the Olympics and I didn't win a medal there, but I pretty much did everything else except the X Games. So X Games yeah. and the Olympics are the things that I didn't get to do. Other than that, I did pretty much everything. And yeah. then, so I was like, okay, you have the capacity to fulfill your wildest dreams. Now I'm built in the way where I'm like, okay, I got to put it to use. So I was like, okay, what do I want? You know, because you know how they say you got to be careful what you wish for because one day it might come true. Now, yeah. as an athlete, we know you can't just wish for something and it comes true. You have to work for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I went on the path. And now I'm actually in the Stockholm School of Economics, which is like the Harvard of the Nordics. It's an insane school. Um, and it oh. took me two years just to get into the school. You know, you can't just be like, what's up? I'm Victor White, pro skier, you know, <laughs> written history yeah. for Barbados. You, you really have to like, you know, work, work your ass off intellectually, so to speak. No, yeah. so ever since I was a kid, I had this fascination with private jets. 
So now I'm just on that path to hopefully by the time I get there, there'll be electric jets. So they're good for the environment. <laughs> but it's like, it's a testament to me that I know that when I'm in the jet, I'll know that I have responsibilities. I've done something correct after my time in sports, you know, um, because essentially it's a flying office, you know, if you're not transporting yeah. athletes yeah. and actors. Facts. Yeah, well, if your stocks continue to grow the way they're going, man, you have <laughs> enough money to to buy to buy a private plane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> the Breeze family, no, I'm the worst. I was down seventy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you do, like I'm not a. I yeah. my thing is, <laughs> I'm yeah. getting people and like actually building companies and stuff. The oh, stock market stuff is. Difficult, difficult. That's another yeah, level there, dog. It is, man. Yeah. It is. I know people who are wired on it, man, and they just do not move, but they're just really yeah. good at it, man. Yeah, yeah. So, Jace, um, we have this this segment in the podcast called Breeze Pick of the Week. Yes, sir. So it's a segment where you get to pick a song. You can pick whatever song you like. Yes. And it's introduced by well, our... I don't know if you know it. Yep. Before you say that, uh, we just want yes. you to know it's, it's, it's introduced by DJ Puffy, our homeboy. Yes, sir. Ah, okay, 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 okay. Hey, yo, what's going on? This is DJ Puffy, Red Bull 3 Style World Champion. And this is the Breeze Pick of the Week. Check it out, yo. Blacklist, black book, black market, black Friday, spend off your black riches. I've never seen a doctor in black, nor seen a black pill for cure no black people. But I've well, seen my, my favorite art is Chronic, straight through. So oh, I listen yeah. to lots of Chronics. So the tune I'll definitely request skanking. No, I'll actually go Black is Beautiful this time. Easy, Black easy. Is beautiful. Nice. That was a big nice. one still. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, Jace, what's next? What's up? What's next? Well, as I said, CPL starts in another mm -hmm. two days. We're actually defending champions. You know, we... Nice. Won by the traders. Exactly, go by British traders. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we won the trophy here in Trinidad last year. And... Mm -hmm. Nobody expected us to win it, but we won it mm -hmm. <laughs> um, under my leadership. So I felt really good. It felt like nice. a, a monkey off your back. Um, uh -huh. So that starts in two days. Um, it's actually kind of compact this year with more, basically two games a day. Yeah. So the tournament will be basically, basically run off in two weeks. After yeah. that, I am off to Bermuda, as I said, visit the missus, spend some time there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we'll sit in tight to see if we tour New Zealand after that. So New Zealand, nice. is meant, we're meant to tour New Zealand in November. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I'll tour New Zealand November, back home mid-December and nice. enjoy Christmas. Nice, nice, nice. That's John. Awesome. Yo, before we go, I got a few fast fire questions for you, B. All right. <laughs> so when I, when I ask a question, just give me an answer quick. Feel me. I'll wrap it off, man. How are we going? Favorite, favorite cricket Favorite. ground? <laughs> Perth, Australia, Skeds into Novel. <laughs> favorite country, favorite country to visit? Australia. Interesting. Favorite, current favorite West Indies player that's not you? Um, Shimon Hetmeyer. All right, easy. That's all I got for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I also have a game. It's called Why Don't You? Okay. Why don't I? Okay. 
so rapid fire why don't you vlog <laughs> don't know to be honest <laughs> <laughs> you gotta grow your brand bro and i'm sure you can capture the indian billion people you know on your vlog if you start it jace uh, i need to probably hire somebody to to come do it for me man <laughs> bro it'll be a good investment i know all about sure. vlogs. i've done 250 episodes okay oh well so man. The last one, okay, so that was not really a segment. I, I just wanted to know. <laughs> so, Jace, before we go, one last thing. Um, you know, obviously, when you're in the center of a pinnacle of a sport or whatever, there's always going to be noise. How do you deal with it? Noise, you hear it, but you don't hear it. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times, especially in places such as India, where you don't speak the language, it's just noise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's obviously, honestly, a bit more difficult in the Caribbean where you can mm -hmm. hear exactly, distinctly, clearly yeah. <laughs> what mm -hmm. the Caribbean people are saying. And normally it's, mm -hmm. it's very, very critical. It could be hurtful. Um, but to me, some people, it drives them. You know, some people mm -hmm. need that to almost push mm -hmm. them to merely prove mm -hmm. them wrong. Other mm -hmm. people, it goes through one ear and come through, it comes through the next. Yeah. I like mm -hmm. singing, to be honest. Like... Yo. Trinidad, sort your Wi-Fi. <laughs> You're wrapping up, wrap up. Yeah. The internet is wild to be. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry guys. Oh, yeah, that is easy. It's all good. Um so yeah, as I was saying, like you go to places in the world such as Port mm -hmm. Elizabeth, you know, where they've got mm -hmm. a band that plays mm -hmm. and is renowned for playing music straight through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you play cricket against England and England has mm -hmm. arguably one of the biggest followings in the Barmy Army and the Barmy mm -hmm. Army sing day in day out uh, and you wow. know you, you just get so familiar with hearing them that you learn mm -hmm. these songs uh, from just yeah. hearing mm -hmm. them and for me I love those kind of moments you know those are the kind mm -hmm. of things like you be in the field you may be having a, a long tough day but then you hear the band and it just almost keeps driving you keeps motivating you keeps pushing you you hear the Barmy Army singing you just oh I know that song mm -hmm. it goes oh yeah. and you just you just really mm -hmm. get into it you know, and for me, that's the best atmosphere mm -hmm. cricket, to be honest. And, mm -hmm. and that's that was that's honestly like the the difference there for me. Mm -hmm. Um. So, what about yeah. uh, before we go? What about the haters, the comments online, the reporters uh, that don't like you? Does that reach man, you, or do you just you know just try? Some it of off? it, re some of it reaches me. Um, some of them actually get to you in all honesty but more or less is it the ones when it's true when you know like you could have done better and they, they point that out or is it just like some noise sometimes the person that's always been on your back it's more or less when you know you haven't gone or you haven't done it well you know and mm -hmm. people give their opinion on it but their opinion mm -hmm. is just to be controversial to right. me that's the most frustrating part about it like or mm -hmm. you know you've, you've, you've messed something up or you know you haven't done it well, mm -hmm. but yet people just want that opportunity to just nail you. You know, mm -hmm. I guess that's, that's the mm -hmm. most frustrating part about it, but more or less, you just, you just got to keep your head down. If, mm -hmm. if, you let it, if you let it consume your thoughts, man, it will eat you up inside, mm -hmm. man. And I remember mm -hmm. when yeah. I first started playing first-class cricket mm -hmm. and I was really held closely by this, this commentator called Andrew Mason. Mm -hmm. And Andrew just, I just felt as if he, he wanted an opportunity to crush me. 
Mm-hmm. So I got the advice from uh, a coach, a coach who I find, well, he's very close to me and dear to me, I got Roddy Eswick. And he said, mm-hmm. don't read the newspapers, don't listen to the news, just go and play mm-hmm. the cricket. Because I so used to, true. like, would look in the paper, I would, listen, I would read the news, I would listen yeah, to the radio. No, no, no. Yeah. And I just stop, I just stop all that, man. Yeah. And the only way I would hear it, and the only way I would see it, is just somebody sends it to you, or I'll pay attention to I it. So. Mm-hmm. And that's worked. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Respect, well, fam. I appreciate um, you. We appreciate you coming on the podcast, and we appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Yo, people, 100%. if you're listening, go follow Jason Holder on Instagram. Jason Holder. Yeah. Go follow the yeah. fans. And stay Ayo. tuned for when he launches his YouTube channel. Yo, um, <laughs> I believe I've heard he's going to be on my vlog over Christmas when we're all in Barbados. So uh, that will <laughs> be amazing. <laughs> Maybe have a little golf match, Jace. <laughs> sure, man. I'll, I'll definitely jump on. <laughs> Real, That's good. Well, guys, thank you for listening. And Jason, no, thank you for... Me, yeah, thanks for blessing us with your with your presence and yeah, good bro, luck to you in the stuff that you have to do. Go out and kill it as you usually do, bro. We want to see that yeah. uh, you know that five hundred, a thousand, maybe do something like a two thousand or <laughs> something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on something special. Don't yeah, respect. <laughs> okay, perfect. I appreciate you, though. guys. All right, guys. Thanks, man. Peace. Cheers.